Drive. You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, welcome back to a new episode of Between You and Me. My name is Jessica Morris, and as always, I'm here to talk to some of our favourite musicians about the things that hurt, heal and change us in the music industry. We talk about faith, we talk about mental illness, we talk about politics, who knows what we'll talk about, but it's good and it's a really good day. There are many reasons the world is good today, I'm choosing to believe that. The main one is that Taylor Swift just dropped her album, Lover, and look, I know we don't normally talk quote-unquote secular music without spiritual components. I don't know. It all gets really cloudy there. But, I mean, can we just agree that Taylor Swift makes really catchy pop songs and she is awesome in concert? And honestly, if you haven't listened to the album, even just to appreciate the fact that she can write a banger of a pop tune, go and listen to it. I've heard a few tracks already and it's so good. So, on a completely unrelated note, yay, a new Taylor Swift album. And now, back to the music that you guys are probably interested in. Today, we have an amazing upcoming artist in Nashville. His name is Hale. Now, Hale is a moniker for Corey Williams. Corey is an amazing electro-ambient musician, songwriter, and producer. He has been in Nashville for quite a few years now and has made his way to become one of Soundstripe Music's premier composers. If you have listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you have actually heard Hale's music before. Give this a listen and see if you recognise it. called Bluish Bear and it is by Hale. It's on Soundstripe now and I've actually been using Hale's music since podcast episode one slash promo season one when we were creating and I was desperately looking for some background music that would really complement, I don't know, uh, upbeat, fun, but still relatively laid back vibe of a bio because we don't want to get too excited before we get into the interview, right? Well, I came across Hale and literally the only tracks that felt right was Hail. So we've used two tracks for that bio background in the time that I've been working on this podcast, and Hale has made both of them. I love them, and I was actually really excited when he reached out to me earlier this year and said, hey, I'm the guy who makes the music that you play on your podcast. Do you want to work together? And I was like, let's talk. So it was actually really fun because Corey and I connected and he told me all about his story about moving from California to Nashville to become a musician and to study and he actually talks about unraveling his faith, what it means to love other people and what it actually means to love yourself and to work through loneliness. It was a really fun conversation. Corey is such a nice guy. We talk a little bit of Enneagram, if that's your thing. And he tells me what really inspires him and how his spirituality actually influences music. 
something interesting about Corey compared to a lot of the other artists that we've interviewed in the past is that he doesn't necessarily always use lyrics. So some of the tracks that you'll hear today are from his EP in 2016 called Hail, and they do have lyrics. You'll definitely hear the musical component behind them. But then there are other tracks that he specifically writes for Soundstripe, which are completely just ambient, lyric-free. He does that so they can be used in any commercial setting. But it's really cool to listen to that and to actually understand the atmosphere and the message he's trying to tell with that music. So I hope you really enjoy today's episode. Before we get to the episode, can I ask a quick favor? If you haven't done it yet, would you mind going on iTunes and giving us a review? We would love four or five stars. It just increases our visibility and we would love to know what you guys think of the show. Give us some feedback. Tell us who you want us to interview. Enough said, it's time to get down to the business of talking music, faith and life. Guys, meet Corey Hale Williams. The indie electronic tones made by Corey Hale Williams echo the sunshine of his childhood in Escondido, California. Forgive me for the very, very white Australian pronunciation. And while Corey began playing music as a teen, picking up guitar, drums and piano, it was his move to Nashville to pursue music at Trevecca Nazarene University that set him on a path, making him one of the most exciting upcoming artists of his kind in Music City. He began creating tunes from his home studio, Skybrox Production, and went by the moniker Hale. With the ability to capture any mood or feel in his ambient tones, prizing his unique perspective and crafting it for commercial market, his self-titled EP came out in 2016 and was a cutting-edge electronic record exploring new heights. In it, he displayed an innate sense of how to match energetic rhythms with synths, samples and vocals, using lyrics to tell stories of introspection, love and faith. The experiential nature of the songs set Corey up and he went on to become one of music licensing company Soundstripe's most noted artists when he was signed to their artist roster in 2017. He has since rolled out track after track that has been used on TV, podcasts, including this one, internet media and video. The year he was signed, his track Waves was featured on their Staff Picks playlist and he went on to have Bluish Bear, which you will recognise from our podcast, highlighted on their social media as one of their primary tracks for use. While creating for Soundstripe, Corey's passion for music and creating experiential tones has led him to become a touring musician with Nashville artist Spaz Cardigan. And he's also produced independent artist Gabriella Grace's debut record This Beautiful Life. As one member of the duo, Monologue, he's also set to create more unique sounds in the future. I spoke to Corey about how moving to Nashville reshaped his faith, what it means to be successful in such a competitive city, and why we must cross the lines of loneliness and ideology to meet people where they are at. Corey Williams, aka Hale, is a very, very cool, unique, introspective guy. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation from one of Nashville's best upcoming artists. Guys, meet Hale. For people who have never heard your music before, which, well, I mean, they have if they've listened to the podcast, but can you please describe Hale to everybody and what your music is? Yeah, absolutely. So so I started doing sort of like, there's this band called Kai Kai that I love they're like sort of in the Christian music industry, but not really, or they're like in that circle. But um, I just got so inspired by the way that they used 
electronic sounds and like more organic natural stuff and like blended them together and created this like emotive experience that was almost transcended like the music and just helped you enter into sort of like a, a mood or a feeling or uh, an atmosphere I guess these are really like esoteric words like abstract stuff but oh, no, but they're gripes yeah 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 it I don't have anything else um any other words to describe but anyway I just was trying to do my best to kind of capture that not do what they did but capture that kind of uh vibe I guess and then add my own spin on it so uh I'm heavily influenced by them and sort of like uh you know, some Radiohead kind of stuff, uh, kind of just like weird, weird music and did my best. And the harder part, I think, was uh, condensing that down into something that was could be used in like maybe a, a YouTube commercial or like an instructional video or something. So that's always the tension, the balance that I'm trying to find is like, is this usable and do I like it at the same time? Yeah. So how long have you been making music for? Oh, man. I started is it, writing. Sorry, it's, I, feel, I feel like asking a musician that is like, since I was born. <laughs> since I was born. No, I. so I started, my first instrument was, my first instrument was uh, the drums, and I still play drums. I started when I was six, but I didn't start writing until I was about, I started messing around with writing when I was like 12 and just, you know, everyone does <laughs> they get a, their first guitar um but yeah my brother was a songwriter and I just started like absorbing like his music and then really when I was started high school is when I started messing around with like you know garage band and getting into some really like low-key production kind of stuff so I'd say around high school is when I got really serious about it Nice. Was there was there a moment where you were like, I really would like to make this a career and really try and make money off music? I know it's not as always easy as just making that decision, but was there a moment where this yes. sort of came together for you? Wouldn't that be great if it was just a choice? I, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think that I always had a dream of, I'm a really abstract person. So like I was in the most terrible financial thinker on this planet, probably. So if it weren't for like my friends saying, dude, you have to make money doing something, then I would have, I would still be like in my garage. But um, yeah, so basically I think a good, a good friend of mine, uh, Mitch, I lived with him two years ago and he connected me with the Soundstripe thing. And I think he saw that I could do this uh, as a living, which is really cool of him. So he's like, dude, you should check this out. This is like totally up your alley. You're literally doing what you're doing now and getting paid for it. So because I was just doing music for fun, which is a great way to start. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. So mm -hmm. what do you do to like music's your passion? What do you do to pay the bills when music doesn't always fill that gap? Because I know a ton of independent artists yeah. have to work different jobs to actually fill the gap, especially yeah. in Nashville. Absolutely. Um you know, right now I'm actually privileged enough to be able to do music like full time, that's which is crazy. Cool. That's like <laughs> so unexpected, and I'm so happy for you. And I love Thank that you because so your much. music is that is that good. You deserve that. So that's oh, really wow. cool. Thank you for celebrating that. I, yeah. So 
I actually play, I'm playing drums in a band right now too at the same time. So I think I'm balancing life. So his name's Spaz Cardigan. Um, he's a really cool pop artist and we became friends. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He just did Forecastle and like just fun, like festivals and stuff. He's really on the rise. So that's really cool too. But basically, yeah, just music right now. I did work at uh, Jenny's Ice Cream, if you've heard of it. I don't, did you visit, visit no. Jenny's when you came here? Yeah. Yes. I love ice cream. <laughs> sorry. That was right. Don't apologize. No, no, don't, don't apologize. No one should be sorry for loving ice cream. But yeah, Thank I you. Uh, absolutely. I worked there for like right after college. I worked there for a few years. So yeah, I get that. Oh, you, you, poor thing. you probably saw the best and worst of Nashville in that one shop. I did. I saw the best and worst in myself too. So <laughs> no, yeah, it was fun. It's really fun. So can you tell me how you ended up in Nashville. I did a little bit of research. So I know that you went to Tribeca University, but can you tell me how you ended up in Nashville and where you are right now? Yes. Okay. So I'm from San Diego and I uh, was planning on like, (laughs) you'll find out I'm not a very forward thinker as far as like my future, (laughs) but I had people telling me like you should try to <laughs> you should try to go to Berkeley and Boston for music and like I I auditioned and like got in but it's way too much money and it was too cold there anyway so I'm kind of glad I didn't go but I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I I'm freezing but uh, so my friend Philip and I we started playing music together he's a bassist amazing bassist and like we played music in church together. And our worship pastor basically was like, hey, like you should check out Trevecca and just go to Nashville. And so it was really like a spur of the moment thing where uh, we flew out and looked at the campus. We set up like a little audition slash just meeting the, you know, teachers and stuff. And then uh, we fell in love with the like how small it was, the community aspect of it. And then the next month we were like enrolled and going to college. So that was, it was pretty fast. So good. So what was the transition like moving to Nashville for music, essentially? Like, I know that's a relatively normal thing in Nashville, Mm -hmm. but you just like upgraded your entire life across the, across the country. How did you like, what was that like for you? Wow. You know what's interesting? Um, I don't think I really unpacked that until several years later. I didn't realize what I had done, really, because <laughs> it was exciting. But I didn't realize, like, man, I really changed the entire atmosphere of my life, like, in, like, one go. And because it's 32 hours from home, like, the car ride takes like three days and the plane ticket is too expensive for anybody yes. with a normal budget. And so uh, basically, yeah, I guess it was a little bit nerve wracking because um, I was just your normal college freshman kid. And that's kind of weird going anywhere. But, um, you know, I had my friend Philip. And so I kind of like leaned on our friendship to like for comfort and like just make me feel like 
it wasn't totally all new. So that was a big privilege just having him there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can't really tell you. It like became normal over time. Uh, I eventually I get missed, that. Yeah. I don't know. I just made friends like uh, I made like three just amazing friends, which I guess is all you need. Uh, just three great friends and just really like leaned on their support. And I really dove in. I did like five music ensembles. Um, I started traveling with the worship group. Uh, you know, I it's weird. I'm like not a very ambitious person, but I seem to be doing a lot without like trying to do a lot because I hate doing a lot of stuff. But That's I just brilliant. ended up, yeah, going for it. Um, anyhow, there you go. <laughs> My old friend. The hours we spend in love in the air together. to ask you the most yeah. Nashville question ever so please forgive me have oh, you done on. the Enneagram oh yes uh, what oh yeah are you? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> and it's I also was... the most Nashville answer ever no it's great I was so wondering like if we were going to get to this question today just because it is an actual question I also oh, was thinking time. like cause... So, what, what Enneagram number are you okay so I'm a nine wing one um yeah. Yes. I thought yeah. It. Yes. Did, did you get it? Did you analyze yes. it? No, for sure. I know. Well, initially, I was, I was like, I was like, is there a six there? Definitely not a three. N- mm-hmm. Nine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a six. So I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> Great. So Great. You know what's odd is that people say that, like, I guess in the US is like it's like mostly sixes, but I don't. I think I might have like two friends that are sixes. So I'm really curious about the number six. Um, yeah, I, I've heard that too. I don't yeah. know a ton of sixes, but I also know that, I mean, I'm prone to thinking negatively. So I'm like, well, I can't trust my instinct all the time. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah. What what gave it away? I'm curious. No, I know it was, it was that you were like, I'm not one not planning ahead, but it sort of happens um, oh, yeah. and people pushing you to do things. Mm. And, and then you're like sort of the, the, the abstract way of thinking. And I was like, yes, yes. no, yes. it's brilliant. Um, I, I spoke to sleeping at last um, oh, early yeah. this year and he was similar because he's a nine as well. And I was wow. like, there we go. That's, that's amazing. Why, like, nines can make incredible music. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's, it brings me joy that he's a nine because he makes the best music. <laughs> He's, he's awesome. And and the best thing about uh, nines, which you would know, is that mm. they want to keep like they want to keep the peace. So they want to make everyone who they speak to feel like they're at home and that they're comfortable. So like yeah. we're talking and I'm like, it feels like I've known you for quite a while because you're so good at making people comfortable, which is great wow. for like an anxious six who's just yeah. like, so what's going on? <laughs> That's great. Oh my word. Yes. Oh, thanks for saying that. That's like my first 
that's like my go-to mood is like we've been friends for 20 years which is weird for some people some people hate that they're like you don't know me i don't know you thrive on that (laughs) please okay that's good to know that's really good to know duly noted yes yeah trust me we're we're about safety and loyalty we're like oh good i'm comfortable i'm safe here yeah (laughs) sorry that's a deep dive into my personality apologies no that's okay um yeah what it's crazy this is gonna turn into therapy but i the thing i struggle with the most i love therapy the thing (laughs) one of the things i struggle with the most is probably like allowing myself to need someone else's comfort uh or allowing myself to receive someone else's comfort because i'm like so apt to give it out and to to be like yeah this is a good space you know a brave and space uh safe space for you and then i like forget to share any of my thoughts feelings or opinions and stuff and um man when i read that about the the type nine i was like oh my gosh you got me it's like you read my mail so uh yeah anyway yeah. strong wing one though strong i, don't I like that. that one i hate the one wing having it i don't hate ones i hate the one wing. yeah thanks for bringing that up that's such a fun topic Thanks for taking that in the random direction I just took it. I really appreciate it. And I'm with you to the end. Anytime. So tell me, when you got to Nashville, there are, for lack of a better term, a million other musicians there and really amazing, talented people. Um, I found that when I was there, there's lots of comparison and sort of going, am I good enough to do this? Because there always seems to be someone who's doing it better. How, how did you go processing the fact that like my talent matters and I have something to offer this world even in this place where there's so much competition to make music and find success wow that is a great question (laughs) I've actually explored that one quite a bit because it's something you're you have to dive into because coming from anywhere else you might be like the only musician in your town or the, the one like you know or you might not know any other musicians and that's literally impossible here. Like you said, um, I think that it, for me, it forced me to first of all, stop comparing because there's really no use doing it. It's like the word like best musician or best artist almost is just so unnecessary and doesn't really help anybody and just doesn't really exist to me anyway. It's like, there's just different. And it's helped me to really deal with the nuance of like trying not to uh, have a spectrum of like, this artist is better or I'm better than this person or whatever. It's just, it's become more of a supportive thing for me. I've tried to dive into more supportive communities where we're like, Hey, I'm going to go to your shows. I'm going to buy your stuff on iTunes or Spotify or yeah, basically it's turned into more of a supportive thing for me. So that's how maybe just the way I combat those thoughts is like, instead of comparing, I'm just going to try to support my friends, but I guess it like, you don't have to be the best musician or the best artist to matter at the same time um like if you're a writer I think you have to focus on I try to focus on the contexts 
and like the I guess the demographic of people that I want to talk to and the ones I want to speak to and I feel like instead of trying to be like a perfect artist I've always maybe my one pride is I've always tried to be like super weird or like different like I said before like I struggle with making things commercial because I want them to all be like this crazy soundscape thing where people are like, I've never heard something like this. with the fact that there are so many people doing the same things and it's yeah. either like you embrace that or you don't yeah um and that really impacts like your just overall health and and how you create things you touched on it just now like you just can't live like that I guess <laughs> it's it's also not worth it for your health to like be comparing all the time and it's really exhausting um and it can make you feel lonely too uh, on either side of the spectrum, it can be like, I'm not good enough to be in this music community, or like, I'm so special and so different that I don't belong in this community, if that makes sense. Um, but neither of those are like good places to be or usually true. And there's all those thoughts and feelings. Sometimes I get the sense of like, like you said, like disillusionment and kind of this like, over it kind of feeling like I'm just so done with that vibe I'm just so done with walking into a room and seeing like the clicks um and like division I guess with that uh which I've been seeing less and less of with maybe just the people I'm around and the places I go so there you go (laughs) No, that shows you're hanging out with good people. No, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You mentioned a little bit that, I mean, one, Trevecca is a Christian university, which is not a uniquely American thing, but quintessentially American thing, especially in the South. Um, And and you talked a little bit about, like, joining, like, the the church group or, like, stuff like that. Um, Can you tell me a little bit uh, about, your faith and Mm. spirituality, what that looked like when you moved to Nashville and how that was shaped and changed as you stayed there and pursued music and sort of found yourself? Yes. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm not laughing because any of this is funny. I'm just like, this is so on the nose of the stuff I'm like thinking about right now. So I I did grow up going to church. I did grow up in sort of like that uh, non-denominational kind of environment. Uh, Christian church and I got heavily involved with like 
the worship uh, aspect of it. And I think my faith started to be experiential from a young age. And I didn't really have these labels like um, people are, uh, you know, throwing around like uh, Christian mystic or evangelical. Like, I think the weird thing about the non-denom church is like it is like all of those things but doesn't call them anything so you almost don't know what's going on (laughs) so i just became yeah 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 no shade it's just true uh i just yeah so i grew up like kind of becoming this like experiential um uh mystical person that was like always about creating that atmosphere of like encountering god and um just really communing with god which i think that is the one part of faith that i've never quite let go of nor have i ever wanted to um there are of course like a bunch of theological things that got like thrown at me um when you go to a christian college i think that's just a conversation that's continually happening and so you like I would talk to my best friend is a a religion major and so we would stay up till like three or four in the morning and just talking about stuff that like blew my mind and that no one had ever told me and I was like no you're wrong it's like this and we would just like kind of argue but but in a playful friendship kind of way and um yeah one thing that I think was really crucial and necessary for me to learn was just that like everyone is on a different journey and that uh there's definitely not one right way to express your faith um and like people are even in the same like denomination have different political and religious ideals and so just it's become instead of like this box that I've tried to fit myself and others into, it's like this continual conversation that started 2000 years ago. And maybe, you know, of course, before that, and just like, it's less stressful to be right. Like I'm less focused on being right and more focused on like the fundamental loving my neighbor kind of things that like Jesus really was uh, just so serious about, <laughs> you know, like that's like the core of my faith is is that God is love. You can interpret this question however you like. Mm-hmm. How does your faith come out um, in your music? I know when I ask that that it's just for the most it's a natural progression, so I would never want to say it's like something where you're just like I'm set and I'm doing it this way, but your music is, like you've said, it's so ambient and it's so different. And um, mm. a lot of the time, if not all the time, it doesn't have any lyrics. So mm. where is where is your spirituality and where is God in that for you? Wow, great question. I, you know, I think this these last like two years, I've been falling in love more and more with creativity itself and what it can do. And like, I think I've been trying to go back to my roots in a few ways like the reasons I started making music is because of um I think 
it in some ways was that worship environment um almost like like hodgepodge like paper mache mixed up with like radiohead kind of stuff where they were like just trying to do such on the edge like new stuff um I think just creating that space for someone else to feel something. And I know that's a pretty cliche answer, but just like trying to push an envelope for myself to do something new every time while still accomplishing that goal of like someone being able to like almost sit. um, This will be a good example. On a walk the other day, I was thinking about how I could do something new with my music. And I thought about like, envisioning just walking into a, like a different kind of house or a different kind of room because visuals help me a lot um so like w- just picturing a different kind of house like is are there vines on the on the door like is it a brick like house is it a a you know just like visuals help me a lot and then walking in and what do I want to feel is there a party happening uh, is there like a group therapy session? Is, yes. is someone watching TV? Is there a nice chair or is it kind of like a broken home or, or whatever? So all of those things help me like do something new. But at the end of the day, I think I'm an emotionally driven person. And so just wanting to make that happen for someone else and myself sometimes. <laughs> And now a quick break from our conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now back to the show. What's the greatest challenge that you have faced in your life? How has music really helped you to get through that and um, understand yourself? Gosh, I think a few years ago, I I lived with uh, my best friend from college and he and his family just like were so good to me, but it, it was not totally unrelated to having to, you know, live with them. I think that I just during that period of time um, was going through like, I think I've had like, I don't know, four 
really like detrimental relationships in my life that were kind of fell apart. And um, yeah, I feel like a piece of me kind of left with each of those things. And so there was a period of, of serious letting go of like some of that pain and, and some of my past uh, failures. And I think also I was dealing with this like also going through that kind of deconstruction phase at the same time. So it was kind of a lot at once, but I think that I was dealing with like this self erasal kind of thing. And it's weird the Enneagram touches on it, but it's sort of like uh, just forgetting that I was there. Like, it's like all these parts of me were being taken away um, almost to the point where I didn't, really like believe I had an identity and so um just sort of rebuilding that and I think that uh now I'm in a much better place uh where I sort of know who I am and I and what I want to do in the world um but it was easy to to fall into those days where you were like I don't want to do anything or talk to anyone because I don't really know if I have anything to give or offer um but I think it's it's right there in those places when you're the most gone (laughs) that sometimes God's able to reach you the best and like I just experienced so much love from not only my my friends in that moment and but just from God like uh as absurd as that sounds like it just I knew that even right there, I was still loved, even though I didn't have anything to offer or I didn't believe I did. Um, but I didn't need to have anything to give to be loved. And that was a big deal arriving there. And I I didn't like, you know, my younger self would be like, oh, you're not believing the right things. You're not praying enough. You're not doing this enough, you know, like the checklist vibe. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't, matter in that moment I guess I was still loved so that was good and music I think that I just I've written probably 50 songs that no one will will ever hear uh and everyone's got those songs but I just had my acoustic guitar in my room and I would just like kind of express stuff and um sometimes just say nonsense words (laughs) that kind of helped me get through something uh and then also, this is a big word too, but meditation helped me a lot, like contemplative yes. prayer and and uh, just sitting with God and, and letting uh, just the Spirit speak to me. So that helped tremendously. Yeah. 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 That was That's a lot. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, thank, you. thank you. Thank No, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, I, I always... I always love it, but always feel really privileged when, when you ask people questions like that and they choose to answer them, um, mainly because it's it's not something that you have to do, but also because those answers, as much as now they're like, well, I learned this, it's like that cost you something and it, and it really shapes you and sort of leaves a mark on you. So I really appreciate the fact that um, you feel able to share that and that you're courageous enough to share that with the world because that's not necessarily easy um even when you're a musician and you share your story through music every day so I really appreciate that oh thank you 
Thank you so much. Um, when people in, say, people in your church back home and the Christian community mm-hmm. back home that you're part of, um, yeah. obviously they were, I'm guessing, super like, yes, you should go and do music and all that sort of stuff. How have they responded to the fact that you, you're you not a Christian musician, you're a musician with a faith? Is that correct in how I term that? Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. How, how have they responded to the work you do? Have you had any backlash for the fact that you're not coolly in like CCM world or worship? Oh, yeah. You know what? For the most part, people have been pretty supportive. Um, I'm lucky to have supportive family and seriously, they're awesome. And like, I think most of my friends in my community are here now. So like maybe most of what I'm hearing are from the people that know me now. Um, but I think that the most backlash comes from from me, <laughs> from like, oh, maybe I should have, you know, gone more into the Christian music realm or like played drums for a worship band, with which I'm totally not against, by the way. It's just not the way that um, it ended up going down, at least not at this point in my life. So uh, I don't think it's something that I like decided against more than like I decided to go the way I did. Um, But I'm still, uh, I'm leading worship at a church. It's really small church, like in Spring Hill area, but I, I'm not necessarily in any sort of like CCM band. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think that going through the deconstruction stuff, like maybe, made me a little bit less comfortable like being in those spaces like not sure what I thought about uh some of the cultural aspects of it and then um just not I might have felt a a bit dishonest if that makes sense doing it um just with the way I was feeling and stuff I was going through but yeah uh from back home I feel supported I feel definitely supported so that's good (laughs) at the moment um, mm-hmm. the church in America is quite divided and I'm not trying to get a political response from you. So please don't freak out. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I, I, yeah. and I found that, um, yeah. music, one music is something that unifies people. Um, but yeah. I, there's a lot of tension at the moment, even between family members and friends with, mm. okay, so we believe the same thing, but it looks different. Um, how have you, one, has that been true for you, like that that experience? And two, if it has, how have you coped with that and sort of um, worked through your faith in that environment? Mm. That is such a good question. You know, I think that I approach that with uh, the same, like, mode of conversation that I have approached, like, faith conversations um, where it's just an ongoing dialogue uh, between people that I know. And and I think it's one thing I do right now, just intuitively try to like practice it, is just see the human person before you see their ideology or their theology or, um, you know, because it, it's so easy to 
to even see what someone's wearing sometimes and be like, oh, they're probably a Republican or liberal or whatever. And you just like start throwing out these words and it just is all in all very unhelpful. And not that those things don't, you know, aren't real things, but um, I think I just try to approach it with love and like, but I definitely do feel nervous uh, sometimes like sharing uh, my ideologies and um, it can almost be more tense in the church uh, in America where it's like, I think some churches have just like an intuitively understood political leaning. Um, and that's true of both sides in different churches. You know what I mean? Um, so just making sure that no one feels outcasted just because they think differently. And I think as long as we can talk about it, I'm good. Like I'm totally good. And as long as we don't create more assumptions based on those uh, sides or whatever, that's even better. I, you know, cause sometimes people will um, attribute one side to like, you know, God's chosen preference or something. And I think just personally, I'm not, I don't believe in that <laughs> right now. I think just, I think I've been trying to really embrace nuance and we can really, even with stuff like the Enneagram, we can, um, which you're not doing this, but I, I do it all the time. I'll like ask someone their number and then I'll have preconceived ideas about w what they might be like or what they um, feel. And sometimes it's just, it's not true, you know? And I like to let people tell me who they are before I, tell them who they are. So that's just a rule I try to live by. loneliness just a small word loneliness that's something i've been thinking about and um just i think with going through any sort of deconstructive process um especially with something as as big as faith and questions about god or or life or death or like the afterlife or um you know uh, political beliefs and stuff like that I think that's best wrestled with in healthy communities and not alone um, because myself and people I love ha have tried to do it alone. And there's just only so much you can handle as a human person. <laughs> and there's only so many questions you can ask at one time and, and be okay. And like, these are big things. I think that, uh, deconstruction can become like a buzzword almost like a 
um, it's just getting thrown around a lot because it's a totally genuine experience. And I think um, just like trying to go into in an individual's experience and know that even though it's the same question, maybe it's totally felt differently and understood differently. And so, um, yeah, just make a space for your friends to be real about stuff. And I think that's the best thing you can do, which is it's great that that things like this podcast exist um um because this is a good space for that too and so i hope that that helps plenty and plenty of people something i do at the end of every interview is just like literally ask a few like random popcorn questions to someone nice so can you tell me what is your favorite album of all time oh yes (laughs) we can do a top three if you would like okay uh let me just go with the ones right now um ooh billy martin uh she's a a female songwriter and her album i think it's like the writing of blues and yellows or something like that that's close enough to where you could look it up but yeah billy martin uh another artist named wilson w-i-l-s-e-n no way uh, yeah oh is is female yes australian yes yeah i went to school with her music (laughs) stop you're so lucky that's amazing shannon yes my brother shout out to my brother he showed me her yeah that's crazy i love that that's so good her, her voice is ridiculous i love that um it is what is of all the tracks and all the music that you've created do you have a mm. favorite song that you've written? Uh, man, I think it's almost always the last song I just made. I <laughs> love like, this that. One's better. That's so good. <laughs> that <one>. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's something to be thankful for. So what about the latest track that you've done? <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, I forgot the name of it already i think it's called closer um but that's, it's that sounds not familiar like, it's not actually up yet <laughs> uh it's the only song ever to be called closer so it should be easy to find <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah um if you could go back in time um, and speak to Corey right before he was about to make the move to Nashville oh. and and choose to start pursuing music at Tribeca University, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? Oh, man. Just another easy one to finish on. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's It's weird that I would say this, but I think I would just tell him to uh, relax, man relax it's gonna be okay and you're gonna do great um and try to enjoy this experience as much as possible um yeah yeah just have fun <laughs> it's such a light i like that that's that's advice that i can use no that's the answer i can use all the time yeah. so it's great. like a chill chill out man it's gonna be okay yeah for sure
that was our new friend Corey. Wasn't that fun? I love the fact that somehow I used his music and we connected and it was just a really fun conversation. As soon as we went online to talk, he was awesome because he pretty much said, look, you can talk about anything, ask me anything, it's all on the table. And I love that. I love that honesty and that flexibility. So thank you, Corey. If you guys would like to pick up any of Hale's music, there are a few ways to do it. To pick up his self-titled EP from 2016, you can get it on CD Baby, iTunes, and you can stream it on Spotify now. Now, there are a few different hails out there, so it can be hard to find Corey amongst them all. You will find links in our show notes below, or you can trawl through and you'll find a picture of Corey walking through the forest, and that is his EP. It's beautiful. Four tracks, and you will love it. There's actually a really beautiful track in there that we played about meeting Christ in a person that you walk past every day. And I came across it and I was like, wow, how profound is that? It really seems to match the conversation we had today. So I'm not surprised anymore, but it was really good. If you would like to hear more of Corey's more ambient tones, uh, the songs he has without lyrics, or if you would even like to use them, whether you make a podcast or a video, like what we do, you can actually access his tunes now. Now, if you would like to hear them, you can check him out on SoundCloud. The link is below and he has a list of nearly all his most latest tracks there. If you would like to use them and get them licensed, you can actually go to Soundstripe right now. The link to his artist profile is in our show notes or literally just go to soundstripe.com and type in hail. If you don't have a subscription, never fear, we are here. We actually have a partnership with Soundstripe and are so excited because if you sign up, you can get 10% off just using the coupon code UMEPOD. You will love it. They make some stunning tracks. I was literally even just like trawling through today and came across some like beautiful tracks by like Jesse Villa and Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Wickton and I was like, oh, somehow I have to use these in the podcast. I don't know how, but they are on my list. All that to say, if you would like to connect with Hale, aka Corey, on social media, go for your life. I know that he would absolutely love that. You can find him on Instagram at Corey Hale Williams. That's Corey, C-O-R-Y. You can also find his new band Monologue at We Are Monologue. And if you are looking for him on SoundCloud so that you can hear all his tracks, just look up Skybox Productions. Thanks for joining us for another episode, guys. It was my delight to spend time with you and I love that we can find new music and embrace it and really enjoy it. It is so much fun. Now, just in case you guys don't know, we have merch, which pretty much makes us the coolest kid in school, which I definitely never was because I was a weird Christian kid. So I'm so excited. If you would like to get your own Between You and Me t-shirt, mug, sticker, you name it, it is there. Literally just go to betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the store button. You will find a whole selection of things which we have lovingly put together and would love you to enjoy. If you do get anything, can you take a picture and tag us on Instagram? We're at betweenyouandmepod and we would love to see it and feature it. We've covered a lot of ground today, so... As always, reach out, connect if you have suggestions or questions or, hey, just want to say, hey, you can find us at Between You and Me Pod on Instagram or on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Thanks especially for everyone who gave us feedback after our phenomenal episode with Ross King two weeks ago where we talked about depression and anxiety. 
and our bonus episode last week where we talked about different Christian celebrities and musicians quote unquote losing faith. It's been great to have a really compassionate discussion about that and if you haven't heard them I would highly recommend you go back and listen to them and even check out some of our Instagram feed where we share some posts that different musicians and people have uh, written about it just to give it a a wider, faster, as I would say, more compassionate perspective. Thank you guys for joining us on the journey of Between You and Me. I will see you in two weeks. We have, I can't say now, but we have a super, super ridiculously exciting guest next week. If you know CCM, if you were a church kid, if you were like in the noughties and you were like girl power, this one is for you guys. Hang in there two weeks. It is going to be so special. In the meantime, my name is Jessica Morris. Keep doing hard things. You are worthy of the things that come at the end. And I'll see you then. Find myself on that old familiar pathway That leads me down that same old beat But every day I find I'm leaving empty With water sloshing all upon these blistery feet Fighting for a hope that just eludes me I've learned to keep my expectations low On this day, not like the one before it I met a man with water for my soul Thirsty sister, come drink freely Come partake in this water of life Weary brother, life is fleeting I know well that won't run dry I followed him down to the river Watched him as he walked right in Turned around, he smiled and whispered in my ear What are you waiting for? Jump on in! Thirsty sister, come drink freely Come partake in this water of life Weary brother, life is fleeting I know well that won't run dry Thank you for listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com.